Welcome to the BQBL Failcast for week six, 2021. I'm Alex. I'm joined by Dr. Matthew. Dr. Matthew, um, this week, uh, standings got shaken up a little bit. Um, the, uh, the dominance that we'd seen from, uh, from Will starting to taper off a little bit. Yeah, it's his, his I guess, second week. Uh, well, I guess first week. He, he only scored three wins this week, so uh, a bit off the pace. The, the torrid start he had gotten off to where he, uh, yeah, he was, he was a, a week clear of everyone. And then that's no longer, uh, I mean, it, it's basically exactly, uh, he's, he's not quite clear of everyone now after this week, uh, only, only putting up three wins uh, after getting, uh, I would say- five, five or more in every previous week. Yeah. This is, this yeah. is his lowest by far. Yes, it is. Um, he got a disappointing performance from Cincinnati. Uh, only putting up a negative five, uh, one of uh, a few negative scores on the week. But um, he did get at least uh, Chicago putting up 21. In, and so he, he did finish with, with a respectable 16, which was good for three wins. Yeah. Any, yeah. Uh, anyone else do, uh, do okay this week? Well, now that you mentioned Alex, I think it was you. Uh, you won the week this week. Um, thanks to 60 points from the New York Giants. Yeah, and, <laughs> you would assume yeah. that that included a benching given that they, uh, that they lost 38 to 11 and, um, and I scored 60 points, but, but no, you'd be mistaken because uh, Joe Judge doesn't bench anybody. No. Ever. Uh, you, you don't want to hurt Daniel Jones's feelings. You'd rather just leave him in to get actually physically hurt. Yeah, I mean, there's always more time for him to fumble. Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm the only one that can complain because Jared Goff is also apparently unbenchable. He um, is. And he's in on their team. nearly identical loss um, yeah. to the Bengals, Goff was also not benched. They, they yeah. left him in all the way through the end of the game. At least um, they talk, at least there are rumors uh, about benching him, whereas with Daniel Jones, you don't hear that. And, and to be fair to Detroit, the trajectory that they were on, they scored zero points in the first quarter, zero points in the second quarter, zero points in the third quarter, 11 points in the fourth quarter. If there were a fifth quarter, they would have scored 22 and almost tied it. Yeah. I can do math. That's, that's the trajectory they were on. So you had to leave them <laughs> in because all their points were coming at the end. You got to keep yeah. in for that. Yeah, you, you never know. Um, so you also got 26 points from Baltimore who – Speaking of destroying uh, a team and, and actually having a quarter, their, their quarterback actually did get benched at the end because they were doing so well. But even so, uh, even though Baltimore blew out the Chargers, they still put up 26, whereas Detroit, uh, as you just mentioned, only put up 15. Although Herbert was not, was not benched at that game. He, no, he, no, uh, no. Lamar, Lamar got taken out at the end. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, that's obvious. So, I mean, this, this does beg a question which is if the game is fully out of reach and you've got a young quarterback that you're trying to, that you're trying to nurture along, is it a bigger risk to leave him in and risk the injury or to take him out and risk, I guess, mental injury, confidence injury? That's a good question. Which of those is, is riskier? I don't know. I don't know. It feels um, like it feels like if you leave him in and he gets hurt, then you have a built-in excuse if you're a bad coach. Yes. 
So maybe what they're doing is they're secretly hoping for the quarterback to get injured. So that they have a, an excuse for losing all the games that they're losing. Yeah. That, I, I like that theory. I like that theory. I mean, I, I think that a lot of bad coaching decisions can be chalked up to what is the thing that's least likely to get me fired or the most likely to help me keep my job. And I think a lot of decisions are made like that, which is how you know your coaches utter shit. Although I actually don't think that that's the case with the Chargers coach, because I think that Staley's actually really, really good. So it was a little bit, it was a little bit like odd that, you know, late in the fourth quarter with no chance of coming back, you still have Herbert back there slinging the ball. Yes. No, I actually, he actually ran the ball. Yeah. On that final set. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Is I don't that, know. Is that at all no. okay? Or I did not, pull, I did not start there? them. Yeah. I did not start them because the Ravens defense has been trash up until this point. Yeah. But uh, he did, he put up 11. It would have been a better decision than Dallas, um, who for the second week in a row, I got victimized by an overtime game winning touchdown drive. Um, this time that game had a large swing. There were very, very few regular points and a decent number of BKBL points up until the end. Then there was a pick six for New England. Uh, and that went a long way towards getting Joe second place this week. Well, when you say for New England, you mean, you mean Mac Jones threw one. I meant Mac Jones threw one. Yeah, a pick six for New England. <laughs> I see. We're, we're, this, is, this is BKBL we're talking about, Alex. Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. New England converted a pick six, and um, unfortunately, that led to for to then uh, overtime and a, a game-winning touchdown drive by the Cowboys. Um, so anyway, Joe got thirty-four, and you got uh, negative nineteen, and I got negative nineteen. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. seem all that fair, does it? No, no, it does not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Dak ends up with four hundred and forty-five. Basically, if if it hadn't have been yeah, I mean, at a certain point, I think I, there were 20-some points. I, I would say 20, 28 points, I think, or something that I lost uh, on account of that uh, at the end there. Um, it was it was rough. It was rough. Um, yeah, and yes. so that, that took me from at least being competitive, you know, I would have been somewhere in the, in the middle of the pack, at least in the positives more than I was. You know, I was at negative four. I, I would have been up there around 20 or something. But uh, instead, I finished last. Um, so that for the second week in a row um just quickly run down the standings right you mm-hmm. you said uh I, I mentioned you finished first i just mentioned that joe uh finished second so you had 86 total uh joe thanks to 34 for new england 24 from carolina uh finished in 58 uh third was russ uh, at 39 so he picked up five wins um just eked out sarah um who picked up 30 who had a 33 score and then will we already mentioned who was in the lead, uh, finished with 16. I mentioned that I finished last, um, and then uh, my negative four was not quite enough um, to get a win as Nick uh, finished next to last with, with three uh, points and one win on the <laughs> Yeah, win. Nick saw um, what everyone was doing last week, where you had one team that scored really well and the other team that wiped it all out, and he decided that that looked fun and would do it again. Um, so this he, week... <laughs> he, you, you and he both actually. Yeah, I've just done he, it um, worse, much better <laughs> both times. Yes, indeed. 
Um, yeah. the, the 29 from Denver wiped up from a negative 26 from Minnesota. Yeah. And that negative 26 is a bit unfair. I do have to say that Minnesota did try their hardest to Minnesota on this one, where at the end of regulation, um, they had a chance for a game-winning field goal. And there was literally no chance of the thing going in because it was Minnesota and it was a yeah. last-second field goal. Yeah. Um, it was under 50 yards, doesn't matter, wide right. Um, but then they won in overtime. Yeah. You know yeah. why they won in overtime? Uh, no, why? Because they didn't have to kick it. Mm. They just took it all the way into the end zone, which is what they should be doing. Um, so after after this week, we mentioned that the Will still has the lead at 32 wins on the season, but uh, now only up five over Joe, who has 27. Sarah with 25. Alex, you've climbed back into it uh, with the win this week. You're up to 24. Meanwhile, after losing two straight weeks, uh, I've fallen a bit. Um, I'm, I'm there in fifth with 18 and then actually now closer to the last place teams. That's, that's Nick at 12 and, and Russ at 13. So um, I think that was, those are the, that's the, the I think that's, is that a, I feel like that's, we're missing something now. Are we, are we forgetting something? Uh, Hold I on. I, I got to look at my notes here. Um, uh, you know what? Yes. We forgot Jake. Oh, sorry, Jake. Again, um, we feel totally, bad. totally forgot him. Um, so uh, Jake also uh, competed this week in BQBL, um, although you wouldn't know it from his point total, which was again, <laughs> uh, kind of towards the bottom. Um, he got 10 points from a, a relatively unfair Seattle Geno Smith addict, where, you know, typically you would see Geno Smith operating behind a bad offensive line. And you'd say, this is, this is what yeah. you want. Um, you know, clearly uh, this is going to be a good outcome for me, but Geno Smith played fine. Yeah. I mean, and he only got, he only got those 10 points and that was basically just the fumble, which was a game killing turnover uh, yes. in, in overtime. Yeah. So um, he, he had exactly one play that, that yes. hurt his team other than just kind of not making a lot of plays and like not getting the ball to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And yes. you know, like if you count that, then yes, he had bad plays, but, yes. um, but it was a Derek uh, TJ Watt, sorry, TJ Watt strip sack fumble game killer. Um, and the, the overtime um, for those of you scoring at home, uh, the teams together uh, managed roughly 20 yards of total offense. Yeah, it was, um, we had a, a rare, uh, game-winning drive that does not count for any negative points because it was actually they actually went backwards before they kicked the game-winning field goal yeah the, the overtime period was five plays 15 yards punt for seattle three plays nine yards punt for the steelers one play zero yards fumble turnover for the seahawks and then three plays negative three yards game-winning field goal so they both just kind of if you've ever seen like two heavyweights at the end of a match where they really can't muster anything on their punches and they just kind of lean on each other until one of them falls off, that's what happened here. <laughs> and uh, what happened was, you know, Gino fell off and, uh, and the Steelers won a game that um, it's not clear that they were the better team or the worst team. Yes. Um, in fact, it's I, not clear that either of the teams is any good that played in this game. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Jake does at least have, I mean, so Jake won last week 
this week he picked up two wins. That that fumble by by Gino got him one extra win. Um, he does have at least a few more Gino Smith starts uh, to look forward to. Um, I guess on the downside, he well, I don't know. I don't know what his downside or not. He got uh, he'd been having some decent performances from Jacoby Brissett. He got Tua back this week, uh, and Tua actually you know, scored negative uh, for yeah. BQBL. Um, <laughs> on the plus side, you're starting to hear rumors uh, of a possible benching of um, Heineke in Washington. So uh, there could be some more uh, points on the it, way. It's true. Before. And it would, it would be the first 24 seven points of the season if they were to sign and then start quickly Cam Newton. Yes. Um, yes, it would. That's he's true. apparently vaccinated now. Um, he is. So that's something. Yeah. Um, so something to watch for there. Also, um, Jake is one behind me on the season at 17. So. Oh, you missed him in the standings too. Nicely done. Um, yeah. So the other performances of note this week, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Davis Mills. Can we talk about Davis Mills? We, we can talk about Davis Mills. So I mentioned last week that Davis Mills was a coin flip. And this week uh, that coin flip came up. Uh, I don't know. Is it heads or tails? It's whichever <laughs> the one is that gives you all the points. Um, this week, it was all the points. Last week, it was negative points. Um, <laughs> and let's see, the week before, it was hugely positive points. The week before that, it was no points. Like, it, he's literally 50-50. Um, right now, perfect oscillation between points and no points. Yep. Which means next week, they should not be started by Russ. <laughs> But since I know that Russ does not listen to the podcast, he will start them anyway. Yes. Um, I also <laughs> want to give I want to give some uh, some props to Sarah for uh, second straight week starting Kansas City for positive points. Nice job there. It's true. She actually she had Cleveland, Kansas City, and Indianapolis, and she picked the correct two. Yes, and um, Cleveland, right? We should mention uh, also has potential for. Uh, significant points coming up uh, if uh, Baker is out. Although Case Keenum has never been just a rich font of points. That's fair. He's, he's one of the more disappointing backup quarterbacks. Um, and in general, I think this year, backup quarterbacks have been less fun than they usually are. Like in some cases, it's not clear that the backup is significantly worse than the starter. Yeah. I think that's the case with Heineke. That's the case with Brissett. I'm not sure it's the case with Davis Mills because Davis Mills is a coin, <laughs> which is neither better nor worse. It's just, it's like some kind of like quantum thing where right. it depends on which side it lands on. It's very odd. Um, so Davis Mills is quantum and Gino, Gino Smith does look worse but he has yet to get yeah. punched in the face. So he's hasn't scored any points yet. Yep. Um, I think here's another case, right? Uh, obviously Chicago has, uh, right? They, Andy Dalton was the starter. Um, technically. Technically. That's another place where the backup. Sure. In, in San Francisco, yeah. you know, technically Garoppolo was the starter. Deal. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's, there's a bit of that. Right. So, I mean, I think that it goes along with the, with the, I'll say hypothesis that maybe more teams should think about playing their backup, mm. especially if your starting quarterback sticks. 
Yes. And I, I'm looking wow. at Pittsburgh when I say that. <laughs> the problem is Pittsburgh probably has some of the worst backup quarterbacks in the entire league. It is true that they've really, and they've drafted a number of them too. That's the best part. It's, it's not like they haven't used draft picks on quarterbacks. It's just that the ones that they've picked have been so incredibly disappointing. Yeah. And it's interesting because you hear people talk about um, their GM being one of the best in football because uh, he drafts so well. Um, but, and, and uh, I was hearing someone argue recently that, uh, you know, basically their roster is, is pretty well constructed. They've drafted extremely well. And all they need to do is get the quarterback position right, and they'll be in good shape. Um, but that's the thing that they've shown no ability to draft so far. Yeah, I, I actually I, I agree that for the most part, we've seen some very good draft picks out of. Um, is it uh, Kevin something with an yeah. S? Kevin Stef something. Not Stefanski. Um, well, you look that up. Yeah, Kevin um, Colbert. Colbert, yes, that's the one. There have also been some, some like, so every quarterback we can agree has been a dud, right? Yes. Yes, we because, can. I mean, going back to, where is it fair to go back to? 2014? What time, when, did, when did Colbert take over? Uh, that's a good question. Um, to the Wikipedia. Yes. Um, I just need to know how far back we need to go here. He's been the general manager so since 2010 or um, yeah, 2010. He was the director of football operations starting in 2000. But all right. well, 2010 I, is when he's been general manager. All right. So we'll start at the 2010 draft. Um, the first quarterback that they took was in 2013 and it was a fourth rounder and it was Landry Jones. And I know that's not a premium pick, but he sucked. Yeah. So they went back to the well, you know, a couple years later, and they picked another fourth rounder in 2017, Josh Dobbs. Oh, Josh Dobbs. Okay. Noted rocket scientist. Also sucks. <laughs> So the following year, they were like, well, fourth round is clearly not where we need to go. So where did they take a quarterback? Third round. Third round. Top of the third. Mason, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. And he, say it with me. Sucks. Sucks. Indeed. So they're due to take another quarterback. This um, time in the second round, one would assume. And that quarterback, in all likelihood... Will suck. <laughs> I was about to say. I was about to say you forgot uh, about uh, when they had Duck Hodges, but then I just looked him up, and he was an undrafted free agent. Yeah, and it turns out that he was actually the best quarterback that they option that they had. Yeah. So that tells you something when you've been drafting quarterbacks every couple years in the fourth or third round, and then you bring in a guy called Duck who's an undrafted free agent and he's clearly the best quarterback you have. I'm just saying that maybe that doesn't mean you're good at drafting players or maybe it's just a, a big hole at the quarterback position. I don't know. Well, I think, I think it means that they probably should try to fill their quarterback spot next year, not from the draft. 
I, I mean, that's what, um, you know, a logical person might do in this situation. Yes. But, you know. Um, anyway, Alex, anything, anything else on the BQBL week that we, we need to discuss? I mean, I feel like there's a couple teams that we really haven't talked about an awful lot that are maybe worth touching on. Okay. So we discussed a little bit the situation in Chicago. So what's interesting is that for a couple of weeks now, they've been not super competitive, but also not like a total laughing stock. And they've been quietly scoring a lot of points. Yeah, no, that's true. It feels like, you know, that, that they've been playing reasonably well, but they're still putting up points. But this is, this is sort of classic, just no yards, no yes. long passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this is all, it's basically like, you know, less than 200 yards, a turnover and no long passes is 21 points. Yeah. That's basically what they got this week. And on top of that, they got an absolutely brutal heckle at the hands of Aaron Rodgers. They did. If, if Honestly, the fact that we couldn't give Aaron Rodgers negative points for uh, honestly heckling the rest of Chicago out of the stadium. Um, apparently, he was getting heckled by fans, and uh, he turned around and I believe. Do you have the text from that? I believe it was something to the effect of, "I own you. I effing own you. I've always owned you. I still own you." Something like that. It's a solid tackle. I believe after he scored a rushing touchdown, I believe that that was the heckle. And um, can you can you pull up uh, the Aaron Rodgers lifetime record against Chicago? I'm I'm a little curious to see how true that statement is. What is his uh, lifetime record? Uh, what is his? So uh, I, I can I can do it. I, I will say. Um, that the uh, I also the other the other great Aaron Rodgers thing this week that I, I think I sent out to you on text was how uh, how Aaron Rodgers was asked about all of the Bears quarterbacks mm-hmm. since he who had started oh and he tried to get and, the and list he was and like couldn't. he was like yeah I think I can name them all and then he started he got like four and he was like yep time's up I'm gonna go um, okay so apparently he has a 21 and five career record career against record. the Bears in the regular season. Um, so, I mean, it's not a perfect record, but in a division like that, where Chicago's won the division a couple times while Rodgers has been the quarterback. Yeah. It's not bad. Uh, Will, Will Will pointed out in his defense of Matt Nagy that, that they'd won the division fairly recently. But, um, the thing that, the thing that I love about the Aaron Rodgers thing is that they, basically the universal response from everyone, like from media, from Packers fans, from general NFL fans, from Bears fans, from Bears media has been like, yeah, he's right. Yes. It's not, it's not, it's like, you know, there's no, there's no complaining about taunting. There's no, you know, it's just, yeah, what he said was true. Right. Like that, that is the universal response. Like a player can get up in the face of another player and it's a penalty, but Aaron Rodgers gets up in the face of the whole city of Chicago and they're just like, sorry, daddy. <laughs> and that's apparently okay. Um, but yeah, it, somehow it feels like it should be negative points for Green yes. Bay. 
But um, I, yes, negative points. But then, I, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, they only had a single point on the week anyway. So no, yeah, no, nothing, uh, nothing going on there. Um, and uh, the the first coach fired in the season um, didn't result in an offensive implosion in Las Vegas. They actually ended up with another negative score this week. Um, they did. They did. By the way, by the way, can Carter's I quickly did. read the text on the Rogers answer early on the week? Oh, please. And he was he was please asked continue. he was asked can you name all sixteen quarterbacks the Bears have started since you took over and he said counting playoffs yeah yeah I could probably come close and then said uh, Jay Cutler Kyle Orton Rex Grossman Mitch now I'm giving up I got a meeting to go to can't rack can't rack the memory banks <laughs> yeah they because because he missed a lot of them there's sixteen and, of them. And not just like Andy Dalton and uh, and Fields in this game, but there's yeah, there's been a lot. Yes, there are a lot. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, yeah, Vegas, Vegas did okay. Um, put up a negative two uh, in BQBL. Uh, real life, good, uh, bad BQBL. Um, there wasn't much else to talk about this week. Um, I think so. I, I think we can oh, probably we should, wrap we up. We should probably touch on the. Um, the starting counts. How many times teams have been started? Man, um, it's only no. week six. Too early. All right. Too early. Has any has any team not been started yet? That's the question. Uh, the lowest number of starts is one. Uh, that's Green Bay and Tampa and the Rams. Yeah, I see. Jacob is doing the best job of mixing up his starters. He started every team three times, um, and so is Nick. So uh, they're they're doing a good job of of meeting their. Uh, meeting the minimum criteria oh yeah look at that those are uh those are well distributed um and the team that's been started the most so far is detroit am i seeing that correctly in chicago um, uh yeah detroit's actually five chicago uh detroit i i wrote in my starters for next week already so that's why ah. that's showing up so chicago so is actually chicago for will actually chicago yeah so maybe maybe not so underrated. Maybe the secret the secret ingredient in Will's success is I mean yeah they have scored one hundred eighty one points so and is that the top? Uh, it is the top. Wow. Yep. Because I don't think about them having the worst quarterback in like, but they're the top scorer. Yeah. Like Jacksonville's only one eleven, and the Jets are one thirteen. Detroit's one seventeen. Like, yeah. it's it is impressive. Atlanta's one twenty five, and they've had a buy. Yep, Atlanta's really really doing a great job this year. They are being terrible. Yes, they were an excellent pick. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, good work to uh, to those owners and uh, to everyone else this week when you're making your decisions who to start, what to do. Uh, Make sure those decisions are uh, are Milan-esque. You guys uh, take care out there and um, go Ravens. Go Ravens. <laughs>